Welcome to beautiful Westfield, Indiana, the site of the Browns and the Colts joint practices at this unbelievable training camp facility that the Indianapolis Colts have. This is the best podcast available. Nathan Zagura joined by a very esteemed panel. Nick sure. Andrew Gribble and the voice of the Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan and gentlemen. The first day out here, we got to see the Browns enjoy one of these joint practices like we've seen in the past, whether it be the Bills or the Bucks. Today, it was the Colts. And Jim, I'll start with you. What did you think of what you saw from the Browns? Well, I thought it was a great day. And it was a, what a facility this is. And when we arrived and came off the bus and we went through like a big, huge field house, which was gorgeous. And when we came through to come down to the practice field, it was like walking through the beautiful Metro parks back in Cleveland. I mean, we walked through the trees on a blue painted carpet, it seemed, and, and came onto the field. It was great. Uh, and then the work was great. I think the Browns uh, are showing all of the signs of a tough training camp. And I mean the positive signs of it, because I think they're ready for the physicality that comes along with uh, when two teams go against each other. And, and that was not always the case back a few years when they went up and went against the Bills. They were not physically ready there, and it really it put them behind the eight ball, and I think it showed them that they had a lot of work to do. But this was very good today. I, I was very pleased with what I saw on both fields. I think whereas they, when they went to Buffalo and all of a sudden it seemed like they got caught with their pants down, they were not ready to compete. No. Here it seemed like the Browns had to actually tone it down and scale back from what they've been used to doing in Berea. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it uh, it just looks as though, and I was kind of wondering how this camp and how Freddie was going to uh, sell this, hey, we're going to be very physical, we're going to be in pads a lot, and if it was going to work, and it's working. It really is working. I mean, you can really see, you can also see that it's kind of brought them together as a team. I mean, it really has. I mean, you know, just those scenes from a week ago in the game against Washington, the celebrations, I mean, with Sheehy Giuseppe and with uh, DJ Montgomery and with all these guys in the great plays and the and the rookies on defense making those plays. I think everything is just kind of really tight right now, and it's really good. It's 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 great to see. Yeah, Nathan, you were, we talked about it on CBD, I think, on Tuesday. Just I didn't feel the same, like, uncertainty, nervousness going into these joint practices as we did those previous two years because you're right, 2015 – me and Gibbs were getting taunted at the at those at those joint practices. We were walking on the sidelines, and bu- Bill's players were talking. You were being hazed. Yeah, we were. And so then 16 comes along. By Bill's players, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, by Bill's players. Uh, so 16, 16 came along. You're like, oh, I don't know about this. I mean, and then 16 wasn't bad, but not a great season, obviously. But now, you know, now you're coming to Indy with a team that you expect to be just as good as you're hoping to be. They're obviously not at full strength. Arguably, their two best players are not participating. But the Browns got a bunch of guys sidelined, too. And I came away thinking these teams were pretty evenly matched. I, I think both sides had had good moments. I thought the Colts' defense got better as the practice went on. But the Browns' offense definitely established itself, and, and the physicality was there. And it this this practice just didn't stand out the way that previous joint practices have because it's, it's, just, well it, it's just not – it's not as big of a, of, a, of a change from what we've been seeing so far. It actually felt maybe, I don't know if I would say an entire step below, but it, it felt very much like a regular session in Berea, except there were, you know, half of the team was wearing what, blue and white and not orange and brown. But, I mean, defensively, I was as impressed by the output and the performance of, of the Browns' defense as I was by the Colts' offense. And they have some talented guys over there. Oh, they got yeah. a couple really good tight ends. they got a great receiver in T.Y. Hilton. You know, Andrew Luck didn't play, but we saw some great things from Jacoby Brissett, and, and it was a good test for them. And I think, all in all, it's ha- it has proven proven that what Freddie Kitchens has done with this camp so far is paying dividends. And 
as long as they can get through the rest of it healthy, as you know, the rest, the other 31 teams in the NFL, as long as everybody can get through healthy, I think they're on the right course for success. Yeah, you're going out there and practicing against a Colts team that won nine of its final ten games a year ago, won a playoff game on the road in Houston before losing to the Chiefs in the divisional round. So, yes, this is a good football team, and I thought the Browns absolutely looked like they belonged. And to kind of all of our points almost, it was kind of just routine for them. And we saw, I thought, some great things from Baker Mayfield, but what really stood out, and you mentioned it when we talked earlier, Gribbs, was Nick Chubb and Kareem oh, Hunt, yeah. the duo. It was the first time we really saw Kareem Hunt unleashed. He was. Uh, he made a couple of cut moves that uh, when I last saw those moves, it was at First Energy Stadium, and he was wearing Kansas City Chief colors Go against on. the Browns last year. When he was the AFC Player of the Week, no less. Three touchdowns. Yes. Uh, he was amazing that day, and he was really good today. Um, you know, the other part about the physicality of what they've been doing paying off, there were a lot of good inside runs that you would normally see that were going to go for nothing. And I know Chubb's a powerful guy and, and, and Hunt is a very elusive guy, but there were holes there. Yes. I mean, there were holes there. And I think that that's paying off from what you see in Berea, those tedious drills, those periods of time where they just keep lining up and doing it. And I think they're starting to see some gaps. Yeah, one thing when you go and you have to run, when you know the defense right. knows that you're yeah. going to run and you do that every day, it makes it a lot easier when you're playing somebody else who maybe doesn't know you're going to run it every <laughs> single play. Yeah, not only that, and think about the guys that these guys are facing every day. I mean, this is a, a Browns front four that is very, very talented. And, be as good as very, any in the league. Yeah, very effective. I mean, there's not a weakness in that front four. Really, the majority of the front seven are, you know, six since we don't see three linebackers that often. So that's a lot of reps against really good players. And then you come and test yourself against somebody else and you realize, wow, Wow, we've really been making each other better, and I think it showed today. I think it did show today as well. Uh, Gribbs, when you think about this line, James Campen comes in highly regarded. A lot of people give credit for offensive line coaches to the success of an offensive line, and we know the Browns were good in the second half of last year, but it does seem that there is a toughness, and, and they've really stressed the technique. Now, four of the five spots are locked up. Right guard Cushes seems to be the favorite, but we saw some shifting there, but I thought we saw just kind of a different, almost kind of a push today against that front of, of the Colts than we've seen recently. Yeah, and I, I definitely think they did better today in team drills than they did maybe when it was just the O-line versus the D-line in some drills. I think the Colts D-line, which is very good, uh, yes. had some had some moments there where you're like, okay, maybe this maybe this Browns group needs a little work. But in team, they, they definitely showed out. I think near the end, Colts started getting a little bit more pressure on Baker Mayfield. Uh, that, I think everyone by the end of that 16-play drive was was gassed by by the end of it uh but yeah i mean i don't i'm not as maybe concerned about the offensive line as maybe the outside perception is right now just because maybe i have higher faith in greg robinson the most and i think chris Same. hubbard is is fine and i also think baker mayfield is the the secret ingredient to yep. making an offensive line look good because you again i had more people again today who saw baker mayfield's first practice and were like gosh he gets the ball out so quick like it, it's just every time i mean the, the decision making is so fast where even if his offensive line is not blocking all that great it's really not affecting him, or he makes an even better throw because of his movement in the pocket and, and gets guys open. You know, you know I, I'm not so sure um, that there isn't another move coming on the offensive line. It's possible. I yeah, think it's possible. I really do, and I think that they, I think they're looking around. Let me throw something at you, okay? What if Hubbard went to right guard and they found a tackle on the right side? Or they find a tackle on the left side and move Greg Robinson to the right or side. Or they find a tackle on yeah. the left I mean, side it's and move Greg. I mean, sure. I think that I don't think they're set, and I don't. Know, I and I think they're yeah, yeah. they're comfortable. I think they can get by with it, and I think it's yeah. it's looking good. It's looking okay. It could be better. 
Um, you can't always rely on him getting rid of the ball, you know, as quickly as he can. There are going to be times where he's going to have to hold on to it for a beat later, and is he going to have the time? I still think we have a few weeks left, and there could be something that, you know, that, that might be appealing to them, and there could be another shift. I always think when you acquire, make a trade like the Browns did with Duke Johnson at the time, they did, and granted, the price they got back, you might have thought to yourself, well, maybe if I wait till there's a significant injury, I could get even more. I think part of it is to say here, let's just get a little bit more in the kitty in case we decide we need to go be aggressive to shore something up on this offensive line. You've got three extra picks right now to work with in deals. Uh, the payment, the payback on Corey Coleman and the payback on Jamar Taylor. So, uh-huh. I mean, those those are the kind of – because trading that Duke pick might be a little steep for what – because sure. a, a player of that caliber sure. probably isn't available. Uh, but, you know, the Jamar Taylor pick and the – the Corey Coleman pick, those are the kind of pieces you have if you feel like you have to make a move. You know, the most ideal situation is you've got someone that rises and seizes the job. I mean, how good of a story would it be if your your answer is suddenly Drew Forbes? I mean, that, wow. would, yeah. that would be out yeah. of nowhere. Sure. But it, it certainly seems more plausible today than it did two weeks ago. Absolutely, yeah. when he was getting no reps, and now he's getting a lot. One thing that struck me kind of just walking around watching practice today, and maybe we've become used to it, but – I don't even think of Baker Mayfield as a, as a second-year quarterback who hasn't even started a full season in the NFL. He just strikes me as a veteran who knows what he's doing in the poise. But listening to people in the crowd and even down in the media area who had not seen him, this was their first. They're like, oh, my God, this guy's unbelievable. The ball's out. He's in complete command. He doesn't look like he's a second-year player at all. And I thought that was kind of we take for granted would be absolutely the wrong word, but we've become accustomed after years of horrible quarterback play to see this guy and say he's our guy he is the franchise and yeah we expect him to be great and I think for people in Indianapolis who haven't seen him it it was kind of like wow this guy is impressive and you know that's saying something because this is a fan base that spent the better part of the last decade watching Andrew Luck play quarterback who is also a very and Peyton Manning before that I am convinced that if you lined up a thousand uh, test subjects and you just walked them down the line and and you showed Baker Mayfield throwing the ball live we would get generally the same response of it just looks different out of his hand because that's what I've gotten this entire camp, yep. no matter who's come through and visited camp and, and talked with, with whoever. That's what I've repeatedly heard. It just looks different, and you need that different guy to be your franchise quarterback. You know the thing, Nathan, that makes him so unique and why people are so wowed by him when they first see him is, yes, how it, the ball comes out, the velocity it comes out at. He makes, quote, all the throws. But the fact is he's always throwing. He's not running around. You know, he really gives the pocket a real chance. Normally, a guy with that limited amount of experience is running around and hitting the eject button and rolling out and maybe running a little bit, but definitely rolling out and cutting the field down, as they say, you know, in space available to him. And he doesn't do that. He's got amazing pocket presence, and he really gives the pocket a chance to let him be protected. A a great case of that is is the division rival of of these Colts. It's Deshaun Watson. Watson in Houston. He's the exactly the guy you're talking about. And I think, you know, that's that's a quarterback who this team was, you know, maybe criticized for for not drafting, <laughs> right? right? And, and, I, and I think they ended up making out better with Baker Mayfield. I think you're right, and I think another part of the evolution of Baker that we've started to see, I would say even in the last few weeks, certainly in this offseason, is his ability to stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket, but not feel like he has to make the big play. He hit Demetrius Harris over the middle for eight yards, I think probably four times today in the move of the ball drill. Check it down to his running back and let Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt make a move, and that's part of, you know, just – it's five yards, seven yards, eight yards. Those are good plays. I, I would say uh, this is an unofficial stat, but I would say when Baker Mayfield was out there today, 
everyone that qualified as a pass catcher got at least a couple targets. Of course, he's like the pace gangster. It, it, it he distributed just, it to everybody. Just spread, it, it spread along to everyone. I, mean, I don't think he was the one that threw Joe Carriage the pass, but the fact I saw Joe Carriage catch a pass today. To I mean, that was that was that stood out to me. They get they get everyone involved. So when I that's when you know for all the fantasy people out there, when they start projecting all these crazy numbers for guys like Odell and Jarvis, I always like I don't know. I mean, like you got to this, this is a guy where the best game they had all season was when the leading receiver had three receptions. That was against the Falcons. They just spread it to everyone and got everyone involved. That's when this offense is at its best. I remember last year we would do games, and at halftime you'd look down, and all of a sudden seven people had already caught a pass. That's right. Yeah. And that's just what he does, and that's yeah. what I think is part of being that great quarterback is he will take what's available. The difference now is you're talking about teams having to scheme for Odell and Jarvis <laughs> and Hollywood and David and Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It's going to be dip, what they're able to do with that ball when he's spreading around is going to be even more different and more exciting. Incidentally, I have to tell you, I really underestimated Nick Chubb catching the football. And, and I mean, he did it. Huge improvement. Yeah, unbelievable. And he said in the offseason he, he yeah. really worked on yeah. that. Um, and I thought he was okay. I mean, that catch he made in Cincinnati last year was David Tyree-ish, wasn't it, when he took that ball off the defensive oh, yeah. uh, back's helmet and scored the touchdown. But – uh, he is a very, very good target for Baker, leaking out of the backfield, and then he becomes the running back that is just so lethal anyway. But he has really worked on the passing game. His development and the comfort with which he shows running routes and catching the football compared to at this time a year ago is staggering the improvement. And he is scary in the open field. There are some times today where these guys are like, yeah, we get, you know, we're going to just go and touch them, et cetera. There's no way they're tackling him when he's moving at a full head of steam. They're just going to stick an arm out there. Like that's not happening to Nick Chubb. And and that's the beauty of his development and also you know his pairing with Baker Mayfield is is you if you were an opposing defense and you saw Nick Chubb in the huddle, you're thinking, all right, well if he's lined up back there, even if they're out of, if they're not out of the gun, he's probably going to get the football and it's going to be between the tackles. and We should anticipate a run. Well, now if he adds actually pass catching as a legitimate tool into his toolbox, then you have no idea. You cannot skew your personnel. Uh, to match what the Browns have on the field. And that's the beauty of having a quarterback like Baker Mayfield is you have so many different targets who can all really make plays, and then you have the ideal guy who can spread it around to them and take full advantage of it. And that's why the potential of this offense is so, is so dangerous because if you think about it, you know, everybody talks about Odell and Jarvis. But you could spend all day doubling them. He could throw it to anybody. And he will. He will. And that's he will. Right. That's, that's why that all of that stuff, you know, is the uh, – you know, when the when the pundits got on the Browns about, hey, there's only one football, there's going to be a lot of barking in that huddle, and, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of complaining. And I just think this guy distributes the ball, and it goes to a guy that uh, deserves the ball. I mean, you know, that's what the, – the other night, the first play of the two-minute drive at the uh, start of the game, I think Willies was shocked that the ball came to him. He's saying, <laughs> I'm Derek Willies. I mean, it's got to go somewhere else. I mean, but I think you have to be ready. I mean, he is an equal opportunity distributor of the football. Yes, you must be ready. And I think that first one, I think he was a little amped up. That thing was shot out of a cannon. I was glad that Willies got a hand on it because that might have taken somebody right out on the sideline that was a heater there all right what do you guys hope to see tomorrow in the joint session nick a uh, faster start defensively um and and i don't know if we'll see this based on just the the i guess the pace or the standard to which the colts have practiced and, and what we're used to seeing in berea this camp but i would like to see just a little bit more intense competition i, I it, we've talked about it how it felt a little routine 
I, I wouldn't necessarily say anybody was going through the motions, but it was trending that way early. Um, you're only here for two days, so I'd really like you to maximize the, the quality of reps that you're going to get against these Colts. Yeah, I would love to see a session. I think they had one of these in the Buffalo joint practices where you had just everyone on one field. And then you get a little bit more intensity when it's offense versus defense. I would, I, I don't know the script, so maybe I'm totally wrong and they just want to get the work in and go on. But I would like to see one of those kind of periods where it's yes. offense versus defense. Everyone is watching on one field. And that's when the intensity ratchets up. Because I don't, I don't know if I felt, ever felt the joint practice intensity today. That By the you, way, we did in those moments in Buffalo where they had it all in one field. It was, so it was would I because I want to watch. Yeah. I can't be on two fields at once. I yeah. can't be watching two things going on concurrently. So, yeah, one field would be great. That That'd energy was there early, and it just kind of dissipated. And I think it might have been that slow start. But I don't know if that will necessarily happen tomorrow. You know what I think was the problem? I think the Browns' body clock was off today. Four yeah. o'clock practice. They're, they've been out at 10, uh, not, yeah, 10, 10 yeah. to noon. I really do. I felt it on the buses coming over. Yeah. This, this was weird. In fact, a lot of the coaches were saying, this is weird. I, you know, I like when we do the morning deal. I mean – you know, and we're used to that. So I think that that was a little bit. I would like to see. I thought down in the red zone, they got a little on that 16 play drive. I thought that, uh, you know, they didn't get it in there and it was tight. And, you know, he I know Freddie was upset. He thought that there should have been a flag thrown on one of the plays to Demetrius Harris. But I uh, just like to see a little bit more fluidity. And I realized the one back at the stadium against the Redskins was, you know, that's different. It wasn't Mayfield it wasn't the number one offense. I just would like to see a little bit smoother down there and more productive. Absolutely. And, you know, part of that will probably come when you get your, your top guys out there. No Chief, no Odell out there, and Jarvis used sparingly. But you're right. Do you want to see that? When you get down there, punch it in. Yeah. Touchdowns, win games, field yeah. goals. This is a team that's good I don't enough. want to miss Carlos Hyde. It, that's right. It, it, almost, it almost seemed like they were, wor they were clearly working on some stuff. Yeah, I agree. And it's like the Colts knew they were working on some stuff, and they knew they weren't just going to run the ball. So yes. it was it was like a it was like a it was interesting it was like but it was, yeah it was almost like they got like too cute down there and you just wanted to see go down there do, do what you do best yeah. get it done stay healthy all right we appreciate you listening to the best podcast available we'll be back doing this again tomorrow Gibbe is that correct tomorrow. tomorrow we'll do it after the second joint practice session for Jim Donovan the voice of the Browns Andrew Gribble Nathan Segura saying thanks for listening to BP May. <laughs>